Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to Genesee Valley Church's online podcast. GVC is a non-denominational church in Flint, Michigan, and our mission is simple. To love God, love people, and love life. I know that you will be blessed by the message and the words that God has for you today. Now, here's Pastor Tony. We've been in a series called We've been encouraging you to to look back at some things, and we've been talking about some things uh, as to what God has said to us, and that which He has given us, and that which He has promised us, and therefore it allows us to engage our faith. And so I want to go a little bit different direction this morning in remembering what God had said, but in in thinking about remembering this, or just having a remembrance of things gone by or things in the past, for some reason, as I was putting this together, I was reminded of a time when I was probably about five, six years old, and I went over to my grandmother's house, and uh, my uncle was only maybe two years older than me, so he was always that uh, kind of more like a cousin to me rather than an uncle. We liked hanging out and playing together, and because he was a couple years older, I always looked up to my uncle and always uh, wanted his affection and things. But when I was over to my grandmother's house, uh, I was staying the night there this one particular night, and so therefore my older uncle was taking me around the yard, and he took me out back behind the one uh, building. And if you remember back in the old days, they used to have those coal bins off the chutes off the side of the buildings, you know, and then you could go get coal right there. And so I remember he took me over to that, and he says, yeah, that's where we keep the rattlesnakes. I'm like, wow. And I remember thinking, they got rattlesnakes in that box right there. Whoa, you got to watch out. But I believed him because he was my uncle. And then I remember we were out in the back playing, and there were some crows that were flying over. And, you know, crows are bigger than just your average bird. And I was looking and thinking, there are some crows. And then my uncle says to me, he says, hey, there's some big bats up there. Man, look how big those bats are. And I'm thinking, I know they're crows, but he says they're bats. And so I just believed that they were bats, you know. And, and so I, I started thinking about that time when I was just five or six years old, and it was in that time that I had a dream when I was staying the night at their house. You see, their house off the road, it would come to the side of their house, and then it turned and went behind their house to where the garage was. And that night, I had this dream that there was this ginormous snake that was probably this big around, and it was about 40 foot long, and it laid beside the driveway and wrapped around just as it bent in the direction that the driveway went. And in this dream, I remember being out there in the driveway riding my tricycle or my bike or whatever it was. And I remember to get to the backyard, we had to step over the snake. And for whatever reason, the snake never woke up. He was alive, but he he was sleeping or something. And that's all I remember. But do you know for the longest time, that burned in my mind, that dream of that 40-foot snake And it seemed so real because I connected the snakes in the coal thingy and the crows, bats that were flying overhead. And I knew that was a real thing, but it was all in that same experience. And that snake seemed so real. And I believed it for so long that, man, there was a huge snake. And it wasn't until I got a little bit older and mature enough to understand and rationalize it that that wasn't true. That wasn't real. But it seemed so real. Have you got any of those memories that when you begin to look back, there's those things that just stick with you from a child 
And somehow maybe it shaped you. Maybe it affected you the way that you think. Maybe it scarred you for life and still to this day because of what happened back then. You remember it today, right? Do you have those things that, that you remember? Maybe, maybe they're just faults, but it just seemed so real. And still to this day, you think, man, it must have been real, right? I think we all have those experiences of things in our youth that appeared to be real. Well, there's one particular scenario that when I was a young boy, I had a tumor on one side of my neck, and I still have the scar to show where they removed it. And so as a little kid, it was rough, man. I had my tonsils taken out. I still remember that day when I went in to get my tonsils taken out. Uh, They tried to put the gas mask on me. I was kicking and screaming and shaking my head. They were trying to hold my head, but I was kicking and screaming. It took four people to hold me down and one to hold my head down to finally put that mask on me. I was that kid. Yes, I was him. And so it was a bad experience. And then I remember going in and having to get the tumor removed from my neck. And so as a kid, it seemed as though I, I, you know, I just had some stuff going on. Well, then when I was, again, about five or six... I had a tumor that came on the other side of my neck. And it was just about that time that my mom got saved and started hearing about that God loves us, that God paid a price through Jesus to heal us. And she said, I don't want my son to have to go through this stuff anymore. And she she heard about a preacher that was ministering at this friend of hers church, and he was going to be ministering that night on the subject of healing. And so she took me there thinking, okay, God, I've heard about you being a good God. And so therefore, I don't want my son to have to go through what he went through before. And so I'm going to take my son there. And so we're there at the service. I remember sitting on the front row thinking, I've never been here. This looks different to me. I don't know any of these people. I don't remember what the preacher said, but he got to the end of the service. And he said, now, if you have desire to be prayed for, if you want to see God minister to your body and heal what's ailing you and this minister to you. He said, come on up here, and I'm going to pray for you. And I don't remember if there was anybody else because I just remember we were right in the middle of the front of the church, just me and my mom. I don't remember anybody else. And then he prayed for me, and I didn't feel nothing. I didn't feel goosebump. I didn't hear angels singing. I didn't feel anything leave my neck or anything. I'm just sitting there like, okay, it's God praying for me. And then he says, listen, do I have a nurse or a doctor in the congregation? Somebody raised their hand. He said, why don't you come up here? I want you to feel this little boy's neck and tell me if you can feel a tumor within his neck. So I don't know if it was a doctor or a nurse or whatever the case might be. But they came on up and she felt my neck. She goes, I don't feel nothing. So everybody praised God, worshiped God, went back to the doctor. And the doctor says, well, I don't know what to tell you. There was a tumor there before, but there's not a tumor there no more. Amen. So as a young child, I began to have burnt in within my heart that God is a loving God, that God desires for us to know that He is a God that wants to touch our lives, heal our bodies, to to set us free, to get involved to the daily affairs of our lives. And for me, ever since I was a little boy, it was never hard for me to believe that God loves me that much that if I can pray and say, God, I need you to touch my physical body that my God would do that. I learned it as a young child. It became real to me. That's the God that 
I serve. That's the God that wants to know me. And so once again, I learned very early on that it's not hard to believe God to receive from Him. Amen? Do you have any of those experiences yourself? You're like, man, I just know that I know that I know God is good. Well, here's what the Scripture says. The Scripture says over in Ezekiel, or excuse me, Exodus chapter 15, verse 26, God says, remember. Remember, the title of our series is, Remember This. So he goes through a series of things and he says, I want you to remember my word. I want you to remember my promise. I want you to remember what I've instructed you to do. And then he goes on to say this. He says, and remember this because I am the Lord who heals you. So right from the very beginning, we see God stepping into the lives and the affairs of mankind and saying, I'm the Lord that heals you. And this was the God that was setting the children of Israel free out of enslavement to Egypt. Amen? And really, when you look at that story, that story is a type and a shadow of our salvation in Christ. And the Bible says that when they left Egypt, there was not one feeble among them. There were over 3 million Israelites that were leaving their slavery to Egypt that day. And the Bible says that all of them were healthy and whole. Not one was sick. Now, out of three three million and some people over the last 400 years, how many of you believe that there was some sick folk there? I mean, I went to shake somebody's hand this morning, and they said, don't touch me. I'm contaminated. So, I mean, if we've got somebody that's not necessarily feeling well just in our small crowd here this morning, how many of you know that there was... There was at least one sick person in a congregation of over 300 or 3 million people, right? Right. But when God set them free, the Bible says that there wasn't any feeble among them. So it's God's heart and God's desire. And he was saying, remember this, I am the Lord that heals you. And how many of you remember the story of the children of Israel that when they left Egypt, God led them into the wilderness, The wilderness was just the experience of learning how to trust God. And do you recall the story where the Bible tells us that they came into a place where there was a lot of serpents and they were getting bit? Kind of sounds like Paul when he got bit by a snake, right? Remember that story? But it says it was a big deal. There were so many people that were getting bit, that were being poisoned by the snakes. And the Bible says that God said, make a brazen serpent, put it on a pole, and all those who look upon it shall be healed. So what was the pole representing? I'm the Lord that heals you. He was saying, remember this, look to the staff, look to the pole, and it's a reminder that I am your healer. Now let me just ask you a question. There's serpents and snakes crawling all over. You've already been bit. The person next to you has got one crawling up around their neck. And God says, now keep looking at the pole. Can't you see there's some snakes around me? Keep looking at the pole. So what's my point? My point is is that when you're trusting God, there's always going to be distractions. The enemy's always going to say, hey, remember this. Remember how you feel. Remember what the doctor said. Remember what happened last time. Remember last time when you prayed God didn't do nothing for you. Right? So there's going to be all kinds of snakes going on within your life. And God says, I want you to remember me. I want you to remember my promise. I want you to remember that I'm the healer. And if you'll just come to me, I'll touch your life. Amen? Now here's my, here's my point. 
there are times that all of us go through some things. The Bible said that we would. But the Bible also says that we've got a great physician. That we can go to him and he says, I'm still the healer. In Psalms, in Psalms chapter 103, starting in verse 2, it says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. So if he's telling us don't forget, then he's telling us remember. Remember my benefits. He goes on to say, who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases. Everybody say all. He says, now listen, this is a benefit. He says, I'll forgive you. And in addition to forgiving you, I'll heal all your diseases. Amen. Now, once again, this is an example of what Jesus came to do. How many of you know that when you receive Christ, you receive forgiveness of sins? How many of you have been forgiven? Come on, you might be real ugly, you might be, be real mean, but the Bible still says God forgave you. And then I'm telling you this, you may not even ask for forgiveness yet, but Jesus already went to, cro- to the cross to forgive you. And so, therefore, you're qualified to receive from God. You're qualified to receive forgiveness from Him. You're qualified to receive Him as your healer in your life. Now, don't misunderstand here. Now, this is one of those things where people start to get a little bit antsy because they start to remember their own personal life. Well, I remember when so-and-so was sick and we prayed and they died. There's all kinds of things that happen and we don't have answers for. There's all kinds of reasons why those things happen that we may not have answers for. But one thing that we have a true hold fast confidence in is that God said, regardless, he said, I'm still your healer. I'll heal all your diseases. Will you come to me and receive? Amen. Will you remember? How many of you need God to do something in your life this morning? Once again, why do we reason that out? Why do we struggle sometimes? Because oftentimes what we're doing is we're basing what God said on our experience. How many of you know that your experience doesn't qualify what God does? Right? You know, give you an example. This is going to be one of those stories that's really kind of too much information. You may not ever look at me the same way, but at least you'll know the point. You know, I was saying I was reflecting back to when I was like five or six in a couple different scenarios. This is another one of those five or six-year-old memories. It was the first time that I ever had sauerkraut. Now, if you've ever eaten sauerkraut and eaten a lot of it, it has an effect on you. You know, we'll just kind of leave it alone and leave it at that. But it just kind of messes with you, right? And so this was the first time that I ever ate sauerkraut, and it was the first time that I ever had a stomach ache. And I thought I was dying. I said, I thought I was dying. I mean, I didn't think I could get anything else out of me. And like, you know what I mean? I can remember being in the bathroom and mom and dad sitting on the side of the of the bathtub and saying, it'll be all right. It'll be. I'm like, why am I doing why? You know, it was bad. That was a childhood memory, cause and effect of sauerkraut. There is a natural cause and effect that sauerkraut can have on your physical body. But after that experience, you know what I said as a five-year-old little boy? I'm allergic to sauerkraut. 
I'll never eat sauerkraut again. And I didn't eat sauerkraut until I was later into my teens. Because that stomach ache scarred me and I didn't want to experience that again. You know what I'm saying? So my point is, is that just because we have an experience, we can't base God's faithfulness on our experience and say, God, you didn't do. God, it's your fault. Or God, how come you let this happen kind of thing? You understand? There are things that we may not necessarily understand. And when I was a little child, I did not understand the cause of why I was having problems with my stomach. I blamed the thing and said, I'm allergic to it. Right? You're getting the comparison. I'm trying to draw that parallel to help us understand that God's still faithful regardless of some of the circumstances that we face. Amen. And so, therefore, God doesn't want us to look to our circumstance to qualify His Word. He wants us to look to His Word and His promise and hold Him as faithful. And see, it's always those circumstances that will try to rob you from God's benefits. Remember, we said God said... These are the benefits that belong to you. I remember I was working at General Motors. Oh, this was several years ago. And I got to know a fella working on the line that I was working on. And he said he was a Christian man and was connected to a certain denomination. And we started doing real good and having conversations. And then one day as we're talking, he found out that I believe that God is a healing God. And the next day, you would have thought that he was Jekyll and Hyde. Because the day before, I mean, we were laughing, talking about church, talking about God, and talking about all kinds of things that we just enjoy and those kind of things. The next day, I can remember walking in. It was a long walk to get into the the factory there. And we're walking, and he says, hey. He says, now, you said you believe this. He said, now, are you telling me that you, you really believe this stuff? And I said, yes, I believe that. He says, you really believe that God does miracles today? I said, yes, I do. He says, come on, you can't tell me that you really believe that stuff. I said, I've had too much happen. I've seen too much with my own eyes. I've seen it right in front of me. I've experienced too much for you to change my mind because I know, I know, I know firsthand that God is a healing God. Whether you believe it or not, I know it firsthand. And so we weren't friends after that. In fact, I think he cussed me out. I'm thinking, well, I thought you were a Christian, man. You just... (laughs) So once again, it's not based on our experiences that we can find ourselves being qualified. The Bible says this, that in our salvation, there is a package of salvation, not only for the forgiveness of sin, but also that God wants to be our healer. Now, here's the thing. Most people say, well, I know that God can. But the big question is, will he? Will God do it for me? And so... Upon asking God, we don't do it with confidence or do it in faith. We do it hoping and wishing. And the Bible says faith is what moves God. But how many of you know it's really good to have crazy friends? You know, you just need some crazy faith friends. Because there's those times that... You're going to be struggling with something. There's going to be times that things are going on within your body. There's there's going to be times that life happens and, and just... All hell breaks loose in your life. And you just need some friends that will shake you, that will encourage you, that will just get behind you and get you into a place of like, we can do this. God is faithful. Let's believe him together. And the Bible tells us of a story of a man that was a paralytic man. And and the Bible says he had four crazy friends that just said, let's get him to Jesus. 
And they took him to where Jesus was. And if you recall the story, the Bible says that he was in this little place, uh, a, a place where I don't know if it was a house or a temple or something of, uh, of, uh, of a structure. And the Bible says that it was so packed that you couldn't get through. People were blocking the way. They were in, in, in front of Jesus. And so, therefore, they couldn't get to where Jesus was. But the Bible says they cl- climbed up on the roof and brought their friend with him and started ripping the roof off the top and lowered their friend down in front of Jesus. Now, see, we at church here, we get so prim and proper and say, well, bless the Lord, we've got to be dignified. Don't pray too loud. Don't sing too loud. Don't get too happy because we're all dignified. In fact, you know, you can smile out there, but the moment you come through the doors, do not smile in the sanctuary of God. <laughs> we, we get all serious, right? But these guys, man, they ripped the roof off, brought the guy right down in front of Jesus, and Jesus steps back and says, wow, now that's faith. Wow, it impressed Jesus. And the Bible says that because that man had four crazy friends that just stirred him, encouraged him, and says, we're going to get you an answer. We're going to get God moving on your behalf. And the Bible says that he was healed because he had four crazy friends. Well, I'm here to tell you that maybe the person sitting next to you may not be crazy, but I'll be your crazy friend. And I'm just crazy enough that, to believe that God is faithful, that God loves you, and that God is the God of the Bible. In fact, that's one thing about our church that I believe separates us from a whole lot of other churches because we're not doing church as a religious tradition duty. We are a, a, a church that is revealing a living, breathing, interactive God that wants to be involved and invested in our life. I'm telling you what, I'll be your crazy friend just to believe God. Amen. What is it that you have need of? Do you need God to touch your body? Let's get it. Amen. In fact, just to tease you a little bit, are you ready to get it today? Whoo. I mean, today could be my day. Why not? Like I said, I'm crazy enough just to believe it. Are you crazy enough to want it? All right. Praise God. Well, we'll see if we got time. Oh, man, it's running short. He'll probably have to come back next week. No, oh, man, come on. Let's get what God has for us, right? Amen. Do you remember the man that had the withered hand? The Bible says, or actually, he was the paralytic man, rather. He was at the, at the uh, uh, pool of Bethesda, and Jesus comes up to him, and he says, what do you want? And rather than answering what he wants, he goes on and starts giving Jesus excuses. He says, I don't have a man to put me in the water when the waters are troubled. He said, I just got to sit there and watch everybody get theirs. And Jesus says, rise up and walk. Come on, don't we do that with Jesus? God's saying to us, what do you need? Well, my wife, my kids, my job, my life, you don't know my story. You don't know how bad it is. You don't know what the doctors have said. You don't know what the bank, bank uh, accountant says. You don't know how bad and dire my situation is. No, I'm here to tell you that God is faithful to his word. Amen? God is faithful to his word. That man that says, I can't do it, he was looking at an impossible situation, saying, it's impossible for me. And Jesus says, well, let's turn the impossible into a possibility. Now get up and walk. And the man went leaping, shouting, praising. Amen. Why? Because God is faithful. How many of you serve a faithful God? Amen. I'm just going to take a few more minutes because we're winding down on time. Is your faith starting to rise? 
Are you getting into a place of where your expectation is just daring to step out on the edge and say, maybe today's my day. Maybe God will minister to me. Maybe this will be the day that I receive from God the things that I've been praying about. Amen. Here's one of the things that I know about God. The Bible says that he's faithful to his word. Many times we look to the diagnosis and let the diagnosis define us. The doctors have said, it's incurable. You're going to die. You're going to be with us forever. Once again, let me just give you another scenario of Jesus' ministry. There was a man by the name of Lazarus. Mary said, hey, my brother's getting ready to die. Will you come and see him? Come and minister to him. And it took him three days to get there. And Lazarus went ahead and died. And Jesus shows up and she says, Jesus, had you had gotten here, he wouldn't have died. And he says, Mary, didn't I tell you if you would believe you would see the glory of God? Come on, he was dead. How many of you are breathing? You, you, you're not dead yet, are you? You're still alive? Well, then you're in better shape than Lazarus was. And if there was ever an impossibility, it was Lazarus. But Jesus said, come on out of that place. Come on out. And Lazarus rose from the dead. Well, if you're not dead yet, then your situation isn't impossible. Amen. God's faithful. Now, let me just give you a couple of scriptures here just to continue to build your, build your faith. Because you might be questioning, well, yeah, that's for some, but I don't know if that's for me. Here's God's promise. Remember this. Everybody say, I'm going to remember. Say, I'm listening. Psalms 103 verse 2 says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your disease. Did you hear all or some? He heals all. In Proverbs chapter 4, starting in verse 20, Son, attend to my words, uh, consent to my sayings, let them not depart from your sight. Keep them in the center of your heart, for they are life to those who find them, healing and health to all their flesh. Everybody say all. all. Matthew chapter 8, verse 16. It says, when, every, when evening came, they brought to him many who were under the power of demons. And he drove out the spirit with a word and restored health, or restored to health all who were sick. And thus he fulfilled which was spoken by the prophet Isaiah. He himself took our weakness and our infirmities and bore away our diseases. Amen. Jesus had to believe what the Bible said about him. And he stepped into that place and ministered to those that would come to him in faith. And all that came received health. Did it say all? Did it say some? All. How many of you qualify for all today? Amen. I'll give you one last one. Acts chapter 10, verse 38, it says, How God anointed Jesus with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good and healing all. Everybody say all. All that were oppressed by the devil. So listen, sickness isn't from God. It's from the enemy. And the Bible says that God heals those that come. Amen? Now you might be here this morning and you're saying, I don't know if I qualify for that. I don't know if I'm ready to receive. I'm your crazy friend today. I'm going to believe God with you. You might say, well, I don't know if, I, if I'm ready. The Bible says that God's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's not changing. It's still his heart. It's still his desire. He still wants you healthy and whole. You realize you can't be the husband, the wife, the mother, the father, the worker, the minister that God has called you to be hobbling along through life. 
Now, if you just want to lay down and die, then do it healthy. I said, if you're ready to go home, then do it healthy. All right? Let me just camp on that for just a moment. I said, if you're going to die, do it healthy. The world says you got to get sick and then die. Why not live your days healthy and just say, okay, ready to go home. I'm done. I've run my race. My grandfather did that. He wasn't sick, just went into the hospital. They said it was congenital heart failure. And I'm like, well, duh. I mean, if his heart kept on pumping, he'd keep on living. He was just ready to go. He was in a coma. My wife and I, we went in there. We said, well, if grandpa's in a coma, we might as well have a glorious home going rather than everybody sitting around boo-hooing. So we went in there. My uncle says, why don't you pray? And so I just prayed for the family. I just prayed for peace. And then all of a sudden, my grandpa, whoa, whoa. That was the way my grandpa was. Whoa, praise the Lord. Glory, whoa. The nurse came in. What's up? What's up? And they saw grandpa. And grandpa keeps on, whoa, glory. Whoa, praise God. And the guy looks at me. He's like, you little loopy. I'm like, brother, he ain't loopy. He's more in his right mind than he's ever been. And then he starts saying, hey, do you see them over there? He was seen over to the other side. And so he went shouting and praising and giving glory to God. And then he just went on home. Hey, man, I'm telling you what, God's good. God's faithful. He wants us to be healthy. He wants us to be whole. And God simply says, I want you to remember this. I love you. I sent my son to die for you. I don't want you sick and beat down and struggling through life. And then Jesus gives us this command. He says, lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Jesus also said this, preach my word and I'll confirm it with signs following. So in other words, I've been preaching God's word, sharing God's promise with you for the last few minutes. And now God says, now that you've preached it, I want to demonstrate it. Now that you've shared it, lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. Amen? Now, if you're here in this place and you've got something going on in your body, if there's sickness and disease, if there's something that you've got going on that you just want to dare to believe God to do something about it, I want to pray for you. Now, we've done this in the past where I've said to somebody, turn to the person that's raising their hand and you pray for them. And that's well and good because God wants you to be people that can learn how to pray for other individuals. But in this moment, you may say, I don't know that I can believe for that. But I'm going to tell you right now, I'm your crazy friend. Now, don't mind me if I get that crazy look in my eye when I pray for you. You know, I won't do that. I said I'm your crazy friend right now. What's that mean? That means I believe God. I believe that God's going to honor his word. And so if you're here this morning, this looks a little bit different than our usual morning service. But if you have need of God to do something in your body, if there's sickness and disease that's affecting your life, if you're just tired of being sick and tired, then today's your day. And we're going to tear the roof off. We're going to believe God. We're going to pray for you. You may say, well, why do you lay hands on people? It's just a point of contact to release your faith. That's all. And so, if that's you today, I want to invite you up here. Just to line up across the front. You may say, listen, I'm a little intimidated to do that. What will people think? I don't care what people think. If you're sick and tired of being sick and tired, you don't care either. Amen. Ladies, why don't you come stand right here, face me. Amen.
Amen. Just go ahead and face me. Turn all right around in a straight line. There you go. There you go. Come on. Just line straight up this way. On that side as well. All right. Praise God. Amen. Just go ahead and line up. Get next to Carl. All right. Now listen. If if there's not enough room, we'll do it in, in waves. All right. I'll pray for somebody and then we'll make room for the next people. Okay. Amen. All it took was one person. See, you had a couple crazy friends that just got up and gave you the courage to come on up here, right? So I'm telling you, man, God's working. God's moving. This is your day. Amen? So here's what I want you to do. I'm just going to go down the line. I'm just going to put my hands on you and pray for you. All right? And you just get ready to receive. Maybe just lift one hand if you're comfortable with that. Why are you lifting a hand? God, I'm just ready to receive. I'm ready to grab hold. And as I'm getting ready to come and pray for you, you just be getting your heart ready saying, thank you, Jesus. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and take a look at all of our social media sites, which can be found at our website, gvchurch.tv. We know that today's message has been a blessing to you. Thanks for listening. We are Genesee Valley Church. Loving God, loving people, and loving life.